Happy Halloween. From Two Cops and a Donut, I'm your host, Dirk Mason, and with me always is Teddy Maxwell. This episode is part two of number 10, the 2018 film Halloween. As a disclaimer, we recorded at Teddy's house, so if there's any unwanted sounds in the background, blame him. It's all his fault. (laughs) Anyway, let's get started with part two of Halloween. Welcome back to part two of Two Cops and a Donut in our very special Halloween episode. <laughs> so, when we left you last time, Dirk, Talbot, and I were on our way to go see the new 2018 Halloween movie. What do you have to say about it, Dirk? So, actually, first off, uh, we ate cereal last week. Yes. Um, we kind of threw a curveball at our listeners there. <laughs> we had some Couchiocula. Um, you had the Spookberry, uh, or the Spook Fruit Loops. Yeah. Yeah, Fruit Loops with uh, marshmallows. We took pictures. We'll put them up on our Instagram. I don't know if you guys want to... See cereal. See cereal. (laughs) I mean, cereal's delicious, but whatever. So uh, Talbot, Dirk, and I, uh, immediately after we went to the 9.45 showing on October 18th of Halloween, I was very excited about it. I've been waiting for that all year. I'm a fucking geek. Yeah, I, uh, I was... I actually am more surprised about the movie than you were, I think, but... Yeah, I know Dirk really, really enjoyed it. Um, we're going to get to that. We have a lot of notes on it. Um, we're going to get to that in a minute. But this week, uh, I think a lot of people have been waiting for this. We took pictures of it, and um, we didn't disappoint. It's called Two Cops and a Donut for a reason, not <laughs> Two Cops and a Box of Booberry or Frankenberry. Uh, but we got our Voodoo Donuts, finally. Yeah, so uh, let me pull up. Voodoo Donuts is located at... 1520 East Colfax Avenue in Denver, Colorado, 80218. So Dirk picked up the donuts this week. Dirk, did they have any special Halloween donuts or anything that, you know, they were, you know, being festive towards the holidays? Yeah, I saw, so they used, I told you about this, they used to have the Tex-Ass donut, and apparently some guy had a heart attack, so they stopped, like, selling that. I think I'm having a heart attack. I don't think that's it. I'm not kidding. What does that mean? I think what he's trying to say is that he's having a heart attack. Oh, he's having a heart attack. Tightness. Come on. Shortness of breath. Oh, this is ridiculous. Radiating waves of pain. I know what this is. You saw that show on PBS last night, Coronary Country. But it looked like the same, like they use a five-gallon bucket to like cut this donut. And it had uh, some orange frosting on top and it was shaped like a pumpkin. Which kind of pisses me off. I'm all about eating competitions and challenges. I never, I do them, but I never win. Or I never, like, finish. Yeah. I think my eyes are definitely too big for my stomach, and I totally would have tried that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, they had that one in there. I think it was, uh, like, 20 bucks, though. And I'm like, uh-uh, that's too much. Was it $20? It was expensive. What do the donuts cost there normally? So, I got four mm-hmm. donuts, and it was, like, nine bucks. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's what a dozen should cost in, like, I think anything past ten dollars for a dozen is fucking. Ooh, and it was ten bucks for four of them. So uh, right. I'm gonna actually open up the donuts list here and read off the ones that I brought. Okay. Um, it might take a second. So I, Dirk, I was at the gym running because in anticipation of crushing about two thousand calories worth of donuts today, and Dirk asked me. He says, "Hey, what kind of donut do you want?" I've been really craving any donut with cereal on top. So I said, Dirk, get me something with cereal on. So I know that Voodoo Donuts, Amy's does too. Amy's makes their special to order, so you have to order it, and they'll make it for you on the spot. Uh, Voodoo, I don't know how they do theirs, but it seemed like Dirk was able to pick them up pretty quick. Uh, I just love those donuts. I love donuts that have cereal on them. 
Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cocoa Puffs, uh, Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, anything. Captain Crunch? Mmm, give me some Crunch Berries. <laughs> yeah, and the one I got you was Oh Captain, My Captain. And that was Crunch Berries and Captain Crunch. Yeah. Cut the ever-living shit out of the roof of my <laughs> mouth. I bought the uh, McMillville Cream. Is, is that how you uh, would say that? McMillville? Cream? McMinville. McMinville? Mc, Mc, McMinville Cream. It is, uh, essentially, it's a Boston cream with maple frosting on top and a little, uh... Bavarian cream in the middle? Yeah, Bavarian cream with a little white smiley, like, mustache thing on top. Ooh, me likey. Uh, The other one we got was the Old Fashioned, your sour glaze. Yeah. And then the Old Dirty Bastard, which is a yeast-risen donut with Oreos, peanut butter, and chocolate. And what did you think of those? I liked them. Uh, It didn't take number one for me. I have my list right here. So I'm going to go down my list. We've reviewed quite a few donut places. Now, Voodoo has an arrangement of donuts. You've probably seen them on every TV show that has to do with food. I think uh, Guy Fieri and his, what, Drivers? (laughs) That fucking show. Guys, drives, dives, diners, whatever. Make it full throttle. Numero one, stuffing. Fieri style. Super simple to make. Four cups pancake chunks, one candy apple with stick, and a quarter cup of raisins, and 32 tablespoons of tequila-infused garlic butter. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds kind of heavy. <laughs> Don't knock it till you fry it, Seth. I'm roughing up your stuffing. Mmm, <laughs> I could eat this off a of flip-flop. <laughs> Full throttle. Yeah. So all their shows have done the Voodoo Donuts, either in Denver or Austin, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, very famous. They have cool-looking donuts that have a lot of shit on them. Yeah. I like it. I The donut you gave me was actually, it looked very yeast. You know, I don't like my re- yeast-risen donuts. It was very yeast-risen, so I was a little reticent to have it, but the frosting on top was awesome, and they, they put, a, like, half a box of Crunch Berries on that son bitch. It was <laughs> H- really good. Hence why I got you the the old-fashioned because you know the cake donut you gotta have one of those and for all of you listeners out there that are concerned for the well-being of dirk and i we only had two this week each yeah i still have a headache though from too much sugar i think it's from lack of caffeine maybe that dirk's operating on about a thousand mgs a day and he's uh (laughs) he's scaled it back a bit so speaking of caffeine we busted out the frankenbones coffee today well let me get to the let me get the donut list first and we'll get to our sponsor in a second Shut me down. Shut you down. Uh, number one for me, fractured prune, as always. Anyone that has a fractured prune near them, go to that place. <laughs> Dirk is, wasn't a huge fan of the fractured prune. Then goes Voodoo, then Krispy Kreme, then Amy's, then the Donut House. Lamar's and Tasty's are a solid tie for six, then Laura's, then Dunkin' Donuts, and then number 10. As always, coming up the rear, OMG Donuts. <laughs> I'm just going to keep my list the same and throw Voodoo at the top, number one. Yeah, Dirk likes, you know, I'm usually one of those people that has something super hyped up. It's one of two things. It's either absolute dog shit or it really, really, like, keeps with the rumors. You know what I mean? Voodoo's up there. Voodoo's good. There's something behind it. The only thing that I think that it is is their 24-hour operated donut place, and they yeah. make them fresh constantly. And maybe it's because that's because they're so popular. If they were day-old donuts, I think they would blow like any other. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they get hard and they're yeah. not very sure. So the hype—I don't know if it's really 
because the donuts are so good it's because they're so fresh mm-hmm. you make fresh donuts i think uh what is that show duck dynasty they always talk about have you ever had a hot donut the eating contest begins Bring on. i look around Gawain is inhaling one right after another martin's over there sucking down chocolate milk just to keep him down and Sal looks as cool as a cucumber slow and steady just That's when I realized, oh yeah, I have met my match. I have to admit, I may be in trouble. I'm about to die. Hey, boys, I'm just getting started. This is just an appetizer. Where are you putting things, in your pocket? No. Hey, look here. You boys are a bunch of pansies. I'm on 22. Where you at, I'm going 29. I could do this in my sleep. You know, hey, thinking about that, hey, I could use a good nap. You ever seen Duck Dynasty? Yeah. Uh, Sort of. I don't know. The fucking duck whistles or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they go into like some donut place and they make like hot donuts for them and they eat them like when they're piping hot. The fractured prune does that. They make them on the spot right in front of you. Yeah. So they're super delish. Yeah. Delish. Here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bones Coffee Company. If you want a fragrant, delicious cup of coffee, have Bones Coffee. Joking. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Bones Coffee. Dirk came over. Actually, we're doing... By the way, we're doing this on location at Teddy's place. Yeah. We I, usually do it at Dirk's place, but uh, we decided to do it at my place. So you might hear a difference in terms of there might be a little bit more echo in the room. There might be something like that. So I just want to give you guys a heads up. We're at a different location. And we apologize for that in advance if it is. But... Oh, yeah. And I uh, wanted to bash out freaking... What should I say? Talbert? Talbert. Talbot McKinney for not showing up today. We specifically changed the location for him, and yet he's a no-show. This fucks up my plan. This is fucking bullshit. Okay? This, these fucking assholes, this fuck, these fucking assholes! The fuck is their problem, man? This is fucking typical cop! Hey, game bullshit! Yeah, we, we changed the location so Talbot would come. He I was at the gym with him prior. He was with me uh, crushing pythons, crushing our 12-inch arms. And uh, I tried to convince him to do it, but he had a new leaf blower he had to assemble. <laughs> I guess that's more important than uh, satisfying our fans. So Talbot will not be here. He was a great addition, though. He was absolutely hilarious last week. Brought us some uh, really good insights on horror movies. Farva, your suspension continues. <laughs> so no Talbot. Yeah. But back to Bones Coffee, we... Before I left my house, I ground up some Frankenbones chocolate hazelnut, fresh, put it in a Ziploc bag to keep it nice and fragrant. Yes! That's awesome! And brought it over here to Teddy's place. And what do you think of that, man? That is... So Teddy's drinking his without any creamer. I put a little bit of sugar-free vanilla and good grief. This has to be top two or three favorite Bones coffee for me. Yeah. Like chocolate, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of hazelnut. But you're like, ah, chocolate hazelnut. It seems, you know, because they have all those cool different things like Bananas Fosters, which you know is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, we got French Toast, White Russian. They've got all these cool flavors. You think, ah, chocolate and hazelnut seems very basic. It's ridiculous. It's so good. I love it. I think you said Teddy, but yeah, I'm not drinking mine with uh, creamer, and it's phenomenal. I didn't want to ruin it. It's delicious. Yeah. So we made uh, two 16-ounce cups. I'm almost done with mine. I'm going to have to get another one before this podcast's over. Mine's empty. So Frankenbones, I believe they're on their last batch. I think they're selling out right now. After Halloween, it will not be available. So anyone out there, I would try to get a bag. Get a one-pound bag uh, on their website at www.bonescoffee.com. 
get it before it sold, sells out. They have all sorts of different holiday specials, but mm. you want to get this one before it sells out. It's awesome. Yeah, I feel bad because I didn't buy more Shark Bite when they had it available because mm. I have one bag left that Bone sent to me, and I want to save it because it's so phenomenal. Like, that's my top three White Russian, Franken Bones, and Shark Bite. Hands down. For me, it would have to be top three, would have to be number one. Bananas Foster, mm-hmm. so good. I don't want to put Jack the Lantern in there because <clears throat> I love pumpkin, but I, pumpkin is very common. You know what I mean? I want to. I like their more collective, diverse flavors. So I'll have to say that it's going to be Bananas Foster, uh, French Toast will be number two. Mm. Love that cinnamon, and number three is going to be Franken Bones. Nice. Yeah, this is definitely this reached the top three. I'm very pleased with this. That goes to show you, yesterday was my birthday, I just turned 34, and something like a donut and a cup of coffee actually makes me happy. Happy birthday, Teddy. Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we already kind of give you a shout out on where to get your Bones coffee. All our listeners out there, we have a coupon code now. The lovely people at Bones gave us a coupon code, and Dirk, what is that code? Donut 10. And you will receive 10% off for being a listener on Two Cops and a Donut. Yep, remember to put that in and hit checkout. And then if it is under $50, you will not get free shipping. If it's over $50, you will. So. It's been a real gut punch and a real nut punch to some people that see that. And they really just like light up the staff at Bones Coffee. You couldn't be nicer, honestly. It's a family-run company. They do their best. And they're really, really helping our listeners out. Which our listener uh, viewership is actually really, really starting to increase. Dirk just gave me the numbers, and I'm very pleased with that. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're going to try to keep the content coming uh, so you guys will have something to listen to. I've gotten some very angry <laughs> messages from people that are saying, I don't have anything to listen to on the way to work anymore because you guys didn't put <laughs> something out last week. So we're going to try to keep the content coming to you guys. Well, they'll have about two hours this time. So Yeah, you got a nice long two-hour episode. All Teddy, Dirk, and a little bit of Talbot. Yeah, and by the way, if you are just you know stubbing your toes on picking up a bag of bones coffee online and you're just under that threshold of fifty dollars buy one more stick it in your freezer it won't go bad no i got a bag of high voltage in my freezer that i might pop out dirk's looking a little bit woozy we might have to wake him up with a double caffeine yeah all right so next we're gonna uh review the 2018 halloween hit uh directed by david gordon green yes testing one two three we're on we're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! 
The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman. He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? So the 2018 film Halloween, I got a synopsis here for us. Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she's narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night over four decades ago. Good synopsis. The other one I was going to read was like four pages written by multiple Dorcases in their basements. (laughs) So a week ago... Today, we went and saw this We in saw theaters. this the day before it officially opened, which was awesome. Yeah, it was kind of weird. The uh, theaters, they had to actually add showings because the theaters, I guess, had sold out before this. This is, it was a nice welcome compared to, like, the Rob Zombie one and the, the other ones where they didn't really, I mean, those movies don't make a lot of money. Horror movies in general. Yeah, I remember watching the, so the only ones that I remember watching after the first one was the Halloween H2O. Oh, yeah. Which, I don't know why I was into that one. Why did I even watch it? Because you were, like, it? fucking 12. Probably. <laughs> you thought it was cool. <laughs> and then I saw the Rob Zombie one, and that was... Uh, that one was just kind of made my stomach hurt. And I was, like, sick. Well, it's the most gory one, for sure. And yeah. the that one in particular, they ruined the entire fucking movie, and they did it all with motive. Right. They gave him motive, and you saw him as a little twinkly little <laughs> blonde French kid. <laughs> Just, I mean, it just ruined the entire movie. I thought the movie was shit. Yeah. So this one had a budget of 10 to $15 million, okay? So first off, they're going to come out with a sequel. They left it open, and anyone that hasn't seen it yet... And Wait, doesn't, why do you think that? Well, anyone that hasn't seen it yet. Okay. Spoiler alert, we're going to give up fucking everything in this movie, yeah. okay? So I'm sorry about Pause that. Pause now, go watch it, and then listen to it if you want. But, right. okay, continue. So it had a budget of 10 to $15 million, which is pretty small for you know a big budget movie a horror movie you know horror movies are pretty low budget to begin with anyway so 10 to 15 million not at that unusual so far since it opened last week it has made 110 million yes so it's been a success commercially and in the box office okay so they're gonna make a sequel but even if michael myers was hit with a fucking nuclear bomb (laughs) they would figure out a way to sew his limbs back to his body because it's a money maker that's it. The studios are all about making money, and they're going to make money with this character. So do you... Uh, I, I just don't see what we... I thought we read that... Um, I can only think By of By what? Uh, what's his... Danny McBride? Yeah. He was, like, writing this on the side for how long? Like, years. years. Yeah, and they tried selling it for years. The only difference is, is he, he opened it 
he left it open to be a series. So is it true that you guys initially were planning this as two films that you were going to do back to back? Uh, you know, I think we were just kind of in our idea, in our early ideas of it, of just like, what would you do if you could, you know? Yeah. But I think that both of us were just sort of just trying to make sure we didn't blow this one before mm -hmm. we got ahead of ourselves and try to make a whole universe out of it, yeah. So there are ideas in, in, in the yeah, closet? There are ideas, there, yeah. There are ideas. Not just one movie. Okay. Yeah, they left it open to be a series. And we'll get to it at the end. Um, they leave it open for a second one. I don't know about that. But um, before we go, uh, so on... IMDb, it got a 7.4 out of 10. Which for, I think is a bit high, but that's good. For a horror movie, I, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. People on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes are fucking ruthless. They are. So, do you want to go through our likes and dislikes, or do you want to describe the movie first? We'll go through, we'll go through, we'll describe the movie first, and then we'll go through our likes and dislikes. Okay. So, we're going to start out with a storyline here. It is 40 years ago, Michael Myers is... 40 years later. 40 years later. Yeah. He's in the psych ward or whatever. Smith's Grove Sanitarium. There you go. Getting all the facts straight. And he's about to be transferred. Yes. To where? I don't know. They didn't really, really... It's something to basically, I think, from what I remember, was it's more uh, solitary confinement. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were afraid to allow him to be in general population with any of the other, the other people. Right. Even though since the time he murdered everyone in October 31st 1978 he really hasn't spoken he really hasn't done anything but they are you know they kind of say he can speak he can do all this stuff and they're very concerned about everyone's well-being in the sanitarium and he the only one he spoke to or did stuff with was Dr. Loomis in the beginning in the very beginning yes right. but then he didn't speak for a number of years right and then he was assigned a new doctor who did he speak to him do you, no 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 so he just observed him and all that crap so it starts out with, we have two podcasters, very well-known podcasters, they're British, and they are going to the sanitarium to try to interview Michael. Uh, the doctor says, you're not going to get anything out of this dude. They try. They try to kind of stoke his... Provoke his, him. Provoke basically. him, yeah. yeah. By showing him the mask, yelling at him, getting him all worked up. Doesn't work. Nada. Yeah, Michael Myers ain't going to be fucking... <laughs> not going through that thing. He's not going to be pushed around by two limey sons of bitches. <laughs> And then you have kind of the other story where you see Laurie Strode, 40 years later, she had a family, lost said family due to some of her mental trauma and PTSD that she suffered on the night that she was almost killed and many of her friends were killed. Right. Uh, her daughter, has she has a granddaughter. Um, she's kind of a mentor to her granddaughter. She's kind of the grandmother on the side that doesn't talk to her own daughter, but wants to be there for her granddaughter. And her granddaughter loves her. Yeah, very, wants very to be dear. a part of her life. Right. Uh, she has... Put herself into self isolation uh, <laughs> on a little in a little house in the woods. In the woods, surrounded by fences, she's got floodlights. She has surveillance cameras. She has barbed wire. She has everything you can think of in order of, of home defense because she's been preparing for Michael Myers. To yeah, go. I'm gonna call her the modern day like prepper. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's a, actually a good point. Yeah, she's like the modern day yeah doomsday prepper. Yeah, it's impressive. Her, her doomsday is Michael Myers. Yes, Michael Myers getting released. She knows. It's funny. Um, she, uh, they, the podcasters pay her a visit to try to talk to her. Literally pay her a visit. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> offer her $3,000 to, uh, to have her speak with them. Yep. She's very uninterested in any type of conversation they're having. Yeah, and then she, what, maybe has like a two-minute conversation? Two-minute conversation, says they're moving him. I know the date and time. I will be there. She is... You get the feeling that her whole life has basically revolved around this one night that occurred 40 years ago. Right. 
I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know if that happens. I mean, do you think someone would obsess that much? Obsess much? I'm sure there's people that do. I mean... Well, there's certainly residual effects, yeah? yeah. I mean, there's going to be residual effects of, like, nightmares, PTSD, things that trigger you, but I wouldn't imagine that someone would obsess that much. I don't know. Yeah, and it doesn't really... I mean, that's the cool part, I guess, because it doesn't get into that. She's just freaking... She knows he's coming back. She didn't know when, so she knew. She's like, I gotta change my life in order to prepare. And why he goes after her, no one knows. He just has a fixation for her. And that was one of the cool parts. Danny McBride said that, that he thought that the motive Rob Zombie brought into the the first one really ruined the movie, and I I happen to agree. The whole brother thing? The whole brother? Well, yeah, yeah, the whole brother thing. And uh, Danny McBride said he wanted to change that, and they, they did in this movie. And that's one of the good aspects. So... The podcasters pay Lori a visit. They end up leaving. Michael <laughs> ends up escaping from the uh, sanitarium. There's they don't really know how the bus crashed. They say that Michael somehow killed the guards and the bus is crashed and then they end up Yeah, what is it? The there's a kid and a dad like driving home from somewhere and they find just like people in white trench coats or yeah, white like coats white or coats. just roaming the streets sure and the uh the, they look like they're on a hunting trip son and dad son's maybe 10 or 11 years old yeah uh dad and him so dad gets out to try to help as any person would you see a bus crash you probably go out and see if you can help maybe call for help dad doesn't return and uh, that's one of the cool parts that's actually number four put on my likes of this movie we'll get to that later okay so um michael myers ends up escaping he ends up uh, making his way back to Haddonfield, and he just lays waste to a bunch of people. And that's number one on my list. Yeah. I will get to. Uh, he lays waste to a bunch of people, um, and by happenstance, he ends up running into Lori Strode and her family, and uh, there's a big showdown at the end, and Lori is very, very prepared for Michael. She ends up uh, eventually coming to some type of confrontation, then some shit happens. Some shit goes down. And it's very good. I like the ending. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's kind of a twist, a little bit of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> so let's go into our likes and dislikes right. and then finish off with like some deets. Some cool deets? Yeah. All right. So give, uh, me, give me your likes. Let's go with likes first. So first off the bat, likes, is that Michael Myers comes back, he's out, and he just no like regard for anything, just kills like 13 people. They exited out the front door. They had no idea what they were in for. they're staring at six men with guns drawn it was a fucking ambush this was a fucking bomb dropping on beaver cleaverville for a few seconds this place was armageddon Uh, there was a firefight in the total like total of the movie you know the first the first film, he kills, like, what, three people on camera? Three on camera, and well, four if you count his sister. And then he has one off camera, the guy that works for Phelps Garage, where he gets his jumpsuit. So five total. Five in total. The first, but it wasn't very gory. They didn't have the, the budget for all the gore and the special effects. Yeah, so this one, right off the bat, kills that little kid in the truck. That was dope. Dude, yeah. that was awesome. Michael Myers doesn't kill children, but in this one, he fucking does, and it was awesome. He had to. Yeah. He had to get away. That was the only vehicle he could get into. 
snaps the little kid's neck and just gets out of there. Yeah, a 10-year-old. <laughs> in other movies, like, they would coax the child out of the car, and then you'd see the car taking off. Right. Michael's like, uh-uh. But he doesn't speak, so how is he going to coax the person out? Right. So he, he just kills a little kid. Yeah. So you like the fact that it was just he was indiscriminately just killing people. Yeah, it shows that he is, in true, a psychopath. Like, yeah. he's... Well, he has a mission, like, to go back to this place, but his he's just going to kill freaking 13 people just it's, well it was good because like you said we, we said they took the the sister plot thing out and right. um i think if you're gonna get into it why did he go back to haddonfield haddonfield's not smart it's not far um lengthwise or distance wise from smith's grove i think it's maybe 100 miles away if you go to the original movie it's not very far and haddonfield's where he grew up so that's his only familiar area i mean yeah he has nowhere else he went to into isolation when he was six he got out for like 48 hours when he was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like the timeline, right? Yeah. So one to six, I mean, what? Use your cognitive ability. Not very much. Ends up fucking slicing and dicing his sister. Then he goes into isolation at Smith's Grove from six to 21. In 1978, he escapes, right? Yep. He's out for what? Two days? <laughs> yeah. Two full days. I mean, personally, I'd probably catch a flick and get some popcorn or, like, <laughs> go try to meet girls or something. But he decides he's going to go back to Haddonfield, the only familiar place, right? Yep. Goes and kills four people, gets blasted by Samuel Loomis, six shots, 38, right to the chest, <laughs> gets caught that night. They don't really go into that, how he got caught. No. Which I wish they did. I wish They, they... do say that the one, the sheriff now... Yes, was there that night. He was there that night. He was a rookie cop that night. Yep. And then he goes back in isolation for 40 years. So maybe the reason he goes back to Haddonfield is because that's all he knows. Yeah, that's what I'm going to assume. Right. Because he has no motive in this. And that's the best part. He will literally be walking on the sidewalk, see someone in their house, and he'll, he'll just go fucking kill him. It's awesome. That was the the coolest thing for me for that film is that he took any object. I mean, you saw he's like... Like you said, he's walking down the street, sees an open garage, yeah. goes straight for it, grabs a hammer, and just hits the girl. And someone to death yeah. in order to pick up a yep. knife. Yep. And that paid homage to the second one. There was something very similar in the second one, that uh, the 1981 Halloween 2. Uh, he did something very similar. But in the second one, again, due to budgetary and due to stuff like that, he... Uh, <laughs> He kind of sneaks up behind them. She was dressed similar, too. Okay. There's an old woman. She was making a sandwich for her husband who was watching TV, (laughs) and she had a huge knife. So Michael sees it, and as she walks into the living room, he comes in, picks up the knife, leaves a little blood on the table, and walks out without killing her. Because there's, you know, he had motive in that one. Right. You know, to go for a sister, right? Not to kill old people. And in this one... Very similar. She's dressed the same. She's kind of doing the same thing. She's in the kitchen. She's like making a sandwich or something. Yeah. He walks in. He grabs the hammer and just fucking... Bop, bop, right on yeah. the back of the head. Then picks up the big knife and leaves. I think that was supposed to pay homage to the second one a little bit, but it's supposed okay. to show the more brutality and the more randomness of his killings because like you said, he's just like a psychopath now. Yeah. That was awesome. And I think that really made the movie better. I think so too. It made it, it, made it better. Now, uh, I will say, I will caveat this. I was pissed last week. I was upset. I didn't like the movie that much until I let all the juices and everything marinate a little bit. <laughs> uh, Dirk was a huge fan of right off the bat. Yeah, I was the only one smiling on my way out of the film, <laughs> the movie theater, and Talbot and Teddy were a little upset. Maybe it's because you had all that cheddar, uh, jalapeno, jalapeno cheddar popcorn. and With fire Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. That's good. All right, give me another one. Give me another 
positive point? Uh, positive? I think it was less corny. I guess the way that the killings were, yeah. it was just that he went in, he did his business, and there wasn't like that long, drawn-out like attack to where they're crawling on the ground, they're tripping over everything. It was less like that. It was just... But yeah, he was very efficient with killing people. Right. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I never even thought of that. He, like at the, the beginning when they... Um, Actually, the podcasters were getting gas mm-hmm. at the gas station. He goes into the bathroom, and he had already killed a mechanic, yeah. stole the jumpsuit again, went into the bathroom, drops the teeth all over, and like just scares the living shit out of this girl. Like That was the only part in there that it took a long time to take her out. Yeah, and I think the reason being was they were trying to set up. Like, like build it up. Yeah, build that particular part up. Did it during daylight, too, with like people at the gas pumps, which oh, I thought yeah. was interesting. You just see him in the background bludgeoning this guy to death. <laughs> but no, that was, uh, I'd probably say it was less corny. Like the the killings were, I mean, they were straight up. Yeah, yeah. I could say, yeah, they're not as drawn out. And there were, there's not super gory, but there's a little bit of gore in yeah. the movie. I'm going to give you one, a positive, because I agree with you on those on that one. Like we okay. have the same one. Police Sheriff, played by William Patton. As we said before, he was a rookie cop. I think, like, I mean, he, he like he's an older gentleman. It looks like he's been on the police force since he was like twenty, um, forty years. Yeah, forty years. And there are cops that work forty years. Some work more than that. Yeah. So he's the police sheriff. Um, what I like about it is, and it fucking pisses me off in every other horror movie, is the fucking cops and the police sheriff. They never take anyone seriously, and they're just like, oh yeah, no, you must be, you must be screwed up, and like. The people that are reporting the crimes and saying, like, this guy's a psycho, they usually don't believe him. Right. And uh, in this one, because he worked that night of the first one, he takes Michael Myers seriously, even though there's no evidence of him doing anything. Right. They know that they know he escaped. They find the bodies at the gas station. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no evidence that he was involved in that. But the sheriff is like, it's fucking him. I yeah. know it's him. We need to find him. And he was definitely more, like, on the ball. For finding Michael Myers. Yeah, not like in the first one where he's Dr. Loomis says, eh, we got to find this guy. And he's mm-hmm. just like, meh, whatever. Yeah, no. And uh, I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, they didn't pull the, the same old, oh, he's dead shtick. <laughs> like, like uh, at one point, which I thought was very cool too. In the other movies, you see Michael Myers. He's very, he's very good at stalking. He's very good at using shadows and darkness to hide himself right in this movie it was very funny because he didn't do any of that and at one point he's just walking down the street and the sheriff's like oh that's him yeah <laughs> just walking down the street with a knife and the sheriff fucking runs him down with his uh police vehicle yeah that's true i forgot about that so at that point <laughs> that's gonna bring up a negative at that point the sheriff's like fuck that draws his gun i was like i'm gonna put two in his head right i like that i think that's awesome i think that's like this guy's dangerous we're not gonna. We're not taking a chance on this dude. I'm plugging him. Yeah, not gonna take him into custody again. No, exactly. So I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and that brought up a negative. You said that'll bring up a negative when we get to our negatives. Okay. What's another one for you? Do you have any more? No, that was my that was my likes. I tied two of them in. I said the I like how he kills like twelve people in the t- whole thing. How it ties into him being a psychopath, and that it's less corny. So. Okay. So number four kills kids. Like it. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Kids get in the way, you lay waste to those little bastards. Yeah, those are the ones that'll tell on you. So, <laughs> um, at one point when the bus crashes, like I said, the dad and the son that were hunting come across the, the bus. Kid is in the car. The kid is, like, his dad disappears. So the kid's like, something's going on. He goes out with his hunting rifle, returns to the car, and then and Michael Myers, in order to take the car, kills the kid. Right. 
like I said, you don't see that in other movies unless you're watching like the fucking Conjuring or something. I don't know. I like that he kills kids. I think it's great. Uh, now, the other one where he bludgeoned the girl to death with the hammer, there was a little baby, a little infant in the crib that he leaves alone. True. I'm down with that. You can leave little babies alone. But 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds are annoying. Yeah, it was weird how he went in, he saw the kid, and then you actually see him make a conscious decision to like... And leave him alone. Nope, and goes out the front door. I thought he was going to kill the baby. I thought so too, yeah. Yeah, because he looks down at this baby in a crib who's crying after he killed the mom. And then I'm like, he's going to kill the fucking baby. He's already killed a 10-year-old. Why not kill an infant? Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, the kid has nothing else. That He just destroyed the kid's life by killing the mom. I know. Think about like that. No dad in sight or anything. <laughs> Michael's like, I'm going to do this kid a favor. He's True. Got no one left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was a huge positive is that he just, again, it goes with the no motive and how he indiscriminately just kills people that get in his way. Yeah, randomness. Yep. Dislikes. Those are our, those are our positives. Those were the positive things about the movies, about the movie. Now we're going to go with the things that we dislike about the movie. Dirk, go ahead. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you want me to, but my biggest dislike of this entire movie is, in fact, Lori... Stroud? Strode. Strode. Jesus Get her name Christ. wrong all the time. Lori Strode. Strode. She's been prepping for 40 years for this day. And she sucks at it. Like... I Really? You think- I hated that aspect of it. Okay. Okay. Give me some examples. All right. So Give our she- listeners some examples. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just seething in anger right now because you said that. <laughs> so she is prepping for Michael Myers. She has all those gates, the fences, all this set up, right? And her armory. That's one thing. Okay. Get... She's like, oh, I like revolvers because they don't jam or they don't... They never stop functioning. True. But... Right. Capacity, we're talking about... You Six have- shots. Six shots, yeah. You have a fortress that you've built for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, set up some bear traps in the front yard. Stop them out in the middle of the yard. Take them out with (laughs) an AR-15 with 30 rounds, you know? I mean, god damn it. Okay. Look, Kenny is here. Don't freak out, okay? He brought gifts for the boys. Honey, he wants forgiveness, right? Maybe just hear him out. Yeah, huh? Love that shit. Didn't it feel good, man? You just take that deep breath. Bow! Shoot a man right in his heart. Anything else other than you're looking at a... She carries a lever. She's clearing a spoiler here. At the very end, she's clearing her own house with a lever action, like, 30-30 deer rifle that holds, How, like, what, what eight in the tube, maybe? Yeah, eight maybe, right? Uh, maybe seven at the and most. And it requires you, every time you take a shot, to pull the lever in order to eject the spent shell casings... <laughs> and to reload the second one. So it takes time. Yes. Right. There's, she has no optics, no, no lights. She's holding a flashlight at the end of this lever action. She does it properly, by the way. She does, but, I mean, come on. I just, watch a YouTube video. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that, that's a good point. You know, her fortress, you can't knock the fortress, though. No, the fortress was good. The fortress she made, like I said, was equipped with floodlights, surveillance, PAs, um, the door, I mean, uh, the door came a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, she has like a barricade thing that you like lock the door with. Um, she creates a secret passage. So like, like you know, normal kitchens have an island mm-hmm. in the middle and the island kind of, you press a button and it goes out and it leads to a staircase down into the basement. Which was cool. Which I, was cool. I thought I like, that was great. I like that aspect of it. 
she does a great job with the home and everything, but she knows that he's getting into the house regardless, right? Yeah, she plans for it. It seems like she plans for it, and she expects it to happen. Right, so regardless of, I mean, maybe do a little more prep outside. Make yeah, a, I could see that. Make a moat if you have 40 <laughs> years to do it. Dig a moat. Put some gators in there or something, you know? Like, come on. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> One of the plus sides of, I'm going to fight you on your dislike there, okay? Okay. One of the plus sides, uh, Michael Myers eventually makes his way in the house because it wouldn't be a fucking cool movie if he didn't. True. She starts clearing the house, like you said. She has a lever-action rifle. She's holding a flashlight in her hand, which is, she does it properly. Uh, like you said, you, she could have upgraded her weapon. Get an AR-15 with an optic. I mean... Maybe an LA-5 and, a, you know, like a Surefire on it with a Ford grip. <laughs> like, well, get, she had shotguns in there. I mean... She had a Mossberg 500. Shotguns are great home defense weapons use the shotgun but get a higher capacity rifle right get an yeah. ar-15 get something where you can yeah if you miss once or just you can just fire a lot of rounds you know what i mean right so i agree with that part <laughs> one of the cool things she has to clear her house and i thought this was fucking ingenious one of the cool things is she goes in her room she clears a room as she exits the room she has a button on the outside where she hits it and a steel gate falls on through the door and it basically makes that room you can't enter it or leave it right so it's really cool because she knows he's very stealthy. She knows, like, I think from that night before that he's very good at stalking people. Uh-huh. So she knows that, hey, once I clear this room, it needs to stay cleared. So in special forces, or in basically any type of basic room clearing, once you clear a room and you pass it, if you need to pass back, say you're going down the hallway and you have rooms on either side of you, right? right. Once you go and clear that room and you pass it, the room is no longer clear as you go back. Does that make sense? You have to re-clear the room. She basically made that irrelevant, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, steel gates came down, like broke the freaking, the normal doors and like secured that completely. Secured it completely. So even if he is in there and she missed him, he can't get out. He's stuck in there. And he can't go in behind her and hide there. So I thought that was fucking ingenious. I thought that was really cool. I don't know how you would ever do that, (laughs) like in real life. Yeah, those doors. I mean, you don't really get a good look at the house from the outside, but... I mean, those doors were falling from the ceiling, basically, into the, you know, the normal doorway, so. Yeah, I mean, the house is like a a small two-story, you know, like any Jethro would live in there, like white trash. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't anything, like, special. Right, right. And, uh, you know, she's clearing her house. I thought that was a really cool aspect. I thought a something she probably, well, I guess she didn't really realize it. I don't know about you, but one of the most terrifying things in the world is a room full of mannequins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I didn't realize until after she uses mannequins as a way uh, for target practice outside. Yep. So she has like a fucking field of mannequins that she's just blown apart during target practice in her like little backyard. (laughs) Yeah. Terrifying. (laughs) If you're looking for a serial killer in your own house, you gotta (laughs) clear a room full of mannequins. Yeah, maybe she should have closed that one first before he got in. Or you just close the gate on the door and be like, if he's fucking in there, he's not going. (laughs) Right, I'm not clearing that shit. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was one of the things I will say she did well in the movie. You're right. Her arsenal was kind of dog shit when you think about all the time she had to plan the advancements they came up with firearms wise in the last 40 years right she could have definitely improved her her odds and her her arsenal there for sure get a glock yeah i'm telling you like i mean i've seen some youtube videos of people like trying to melt a glock they've taken like five thousand rounds before i mean this the springs in them have melted completely before they stopped functioning 
But uh, I get it. Pistols for close quarter combat. You could just stick the or the revolver to someone's head, press it up against them. It's gonna go off regardless. So. So, for the listeners out there, <clears throat> a small revolver, say a thirty-eight snub nose, right? If you press it up against someone and you pull the trigger, it will fire. Right. If you have a bad round in there and it misfires, the only thing you need to do to get it to fire again is what, Dirk? Just pull it again. Pull the trigger again. That's the good part about it. The bad part about it is they're not very accurate. It's hard to get a grip on them. Um, they're normally heavy. They're heavy. And the, the capacity, the round capacity, six rounds is all you're working with. Yeah. And uh, long range, you're not going to be able to hit some, I mean, maybe some old-timey fucking private investigator with a goddamn like you know what i'm saying like a trench coat and a uh what are the fucking hats well we'll just say uh what's murtaugh he's the only one that's gonna hit anything further out than anybody yeah, else you're just you're not gonna be able to hit anything now with a glock when you've got the fully automatic glock it's kind of like having the hand of god if you press a glock up against someone what it does is it pu- sometimes it can push the slide slightly which makes their handgun go out of battery and when you pull the trigger, nothing will happen. Right. That's when you press it up against someone. They've had Glocks with 10,000 rounds fired through it with never cleaning it, and it still won't jam. Yeah. So I would take the capacity. I would take how reliable Glocks are over, like, you know, 38 any day. I, that's You're right. That was fucking stupid. Like you said, there's some good aspects of that, but uh, just trade in a couple of those 30-30 rifles and get a get a shotgun <laughs> yeah i got a shotgun get an ar-15 get an eight if you want okay an ar-15 with uh well depending on the rounds you use you know what i mean if you use you know hell get an ar-10 yeah you get an ar-10 that shoots a it's about 308 right yeah yeah higher Things. capacity you know it has that stopping power you want because you know your typical ar-15 depending on what rounds you use you 55 grain green tip that'll just punch through you but um on our police department we use really really good silver tip uh, rounds that explode once they get inside you yeah so i mean she could have done better she could have done more research like you said she builds up her house she probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on doing all this and yet 400 she's... on firearms <laughs> <laughs> no, that's i true. went to grandpa's old closet and got the 3030 out of there and used the rounds from 1978 hey, old 1907 most in the the fixed bayonet <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with one of my dislikes. <laughs> All right. Let's see. The it. psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. The new psychiatrist, he's got some very strange name. I can't remember it. <laughs> now, it's funny, and I thought this was a really cool talking point. Eventually, Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, walks up to him after Michael Myers has killed a few people, and they know he's loose in Haddonfield. Uh-huh. She walks up to him, and she says, one of the, I think the funniest line in the movie, she goes, oh, you're the new Loomis. And yeah. then she walks away. Like, no conversation. Yeah, so his name is Dr. Sartain. Sartain. In the movie. Yeah. She walks up to him and says, oh, you're the new Loomis, and just kind of like walks away. Kind of <laughs> like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Right. So the thing I didn't really like about it is, well, I, I think this was intentional, um, done by the writers of the movie, is that Dr. Sartain was the antithesis of Dr. Loomis. Uh, so he's basically the exact opposite of Dr. Loomis. So Dr. Sartain was very interested in why Michael Myers was doing the things he was doing, and he, he used it more as like a study. Then yeah. Dr. Dr. Loomis is like, I can't reach this kid. Fuck him. Keep him locked up or let me kill him. Correct. That was it. And Dr. Sartain was, this is the worst part of the movie. I thought this room almost ruined the movie. So we got to the point <laughs> where the sheriff is driving around with Dr. Sartain. 
and the sheriff sees Michael Myers and you're like, oh shit. For a second there, you think it might not be Michael Myers because it was he was so out in the open. Yeah. And you think it might be a kid with a mask on similar. Like, yeah, imitating and, him or whatever. Yeah, imitating him or something, you know. I'm yep. sure that would be a very popular mask to wear on Halloween in Haddonfield, Illinois, following right. that. Especially for a dickhead teenager. <laughs> so the sheriff sees him and is like, that's him. And instead of getting out and trying to apprehend him, the sheriff's like, fuck that. Runs him down. And the psychiatrist is like, you can't kill him. He belongs to the state. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He just killed X amount of people. Just killed 13 people. <laughs> so the sheriff goes to double tap him, put or a controlled pair, <laughs> into the, uh, Michael's head to finish him off. And then the fucking psychiatrist stabs and kills the sheriff. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah, with some, like, pen knife. Pen knife. Fucking... <laughs> In... It was so dumb. I thought it was so dumb. Picks up Michael, puts him in the back of the car where there is a victim who is on their way to the police station waiting there. Their and granddaughter. A, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter uh, drives over the sheriff, just kills him. Fucking boom, boom. boom, boom <laughs> fucking drives over him. And then he explains his motive. He says, well, Michael's never been in an uncontrolled environment. I want to see what he's like out in the open. And he says... I remember the doctor saying that he wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone randomly, oh, like is that what he Michael said? did. Yeah. Oh. And that's okay. why he killed the the sheriff. He's like, oh, I remember. He's like, so that's how that feels. Maybe for me it was like cognitive dissonance, and I was just like, shut my brain off because I was so fucking angry when that happened. Well, it and makes I just you, didn't pay attention. It makes you think like this doctor's fucking psycho after like studying Michael. Yeah, but come on, man. No, it's stupid. I have that on my dislikes as well. Okay. But it makes it out to be like, okay, so he's not really trying to help Michael. He's just trying to see, like you said. Oh, what will happen? What will happen? Why did he do that? Why did he kill the people? Why is he a psychopath? I don't Which know. is fucking stupid because when you think about it, like, okay, you just saw what <laughs> happened. He killed, like, how many people before that? Right. Okay, yeah, you let him go. He's going to kill people. He's Study over. Exactly. <laughs> It's a pretty easy conclusion to come to, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was so... I, that almost ruined the entire movie for me. And he comes to... Summarily comes to a pretty awesome end. Michael fucking takes care of that dude pretty quick. Yeah, just murders him. No. Doesn't give a fuck about him either. Yeah. So Wait. I thought that was just a, a plot point. If they had taken that out, I thought, and just replaced it with 15 minutes of anything else, <laughs> it could have been 15 minutes of fucking Fran Drescher singing. <laughs> and I thought it would have been better. Yeah, and I don't know why they put that in there. Like, after he puts him in the backseat, I'm like, okay, what is he going to do? I thought there was going to be a different twist to the movie. They're trying to go to Jamie Lee Curtis's house. Yeah. And... Michael kicks out the cage, ends up killing the doctor mm -hmm. on the side of the road. Two cops come over, and they're like, oh, what's going on? At least the cops weren't fucking oblivious. I mean, they, were, they, they showed some type of officer safety, and they, you know, attempted. You don't really see how they die, but well, they're, they're <laughs> well, they, no, they was okay. Yeah, but do you, I mean, maybe joking, when we're joking with each mm -hmm. other, we get on the PA and be like, hey, bro, what's going on? What are you doing over there? But they're like... They're cautious, but then they're yet kind of stupid when they come up to the car and they're, right. like, on the PA. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, so after that, the girl escapes. Mm -hmm. And she's running to Jamie Lee Curtis's house because she's like, that's grandma's house. That place is safe. Yes. Uh, so basically, the doctor is the one that brings him there. Yep. Like, it, was, it wasn't his choice to go there, I'm sure. And how did he know where this place was? The doc? No, Michael. 
He didn't. The doctor brought him there in the car. Oh, no. He made... Did he make one of the cops drive him there? No, the doctor drove them there. <laughs> the doctor drove... They were out on the street and remembered that... What's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, mm-hmm. her husband was outside, at saw a cop car with a dead cop in it. Yeah. Where'd that come from? It was literally <laughs> a private road that only Lori lived on. Okay, so... So the... The only house on that block. The only was. house there. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, I yeah. got a little confused. Got to keep fucking Dirk on the straight and narrow here. <sighs> Need another cup of bones. Yeah, we got to get some uh, high voltage in you. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go to my last dislike. Probably the biggest one. <laughs> I thought that it didn't ruin the movie, but I thought that it would have made it a little bit more realistic if they had done this with the movie. And I don't understand why they didn't do it. Okay, this is Michael Myers in 1978 was about 21 years old. Okay. 40 years later, the guy's fucking 61 years old. You can see it. They kind of show his face every now and again. He's got a skullet. Yeah, he's got a skullet. He's got, like, no hair on top. He's got, like, white hair on the sides. I mean, he looks like a fucking CPA. He looks like an accountant. Yeah. Like, you know, and he's got, like, kind of like a scraggly beard a little bit. But you don't, like... They kind of showed his face a little, too. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. You're not supposed to see Michael Myers' face. It ruins it. Yeah, and it looked kind of fucked up. Yeah. Not fucked up in a good way. No. Or a scary way. Just, like... Like, he almost got, like, melted or something. Oh, maybe... Nah, I don't know. No, Continue. you feel like you'd see him at the sanitarium going, like, I like applesauce with my pork chops, and can you cut it up real fine, like... You know? <laughs> you know? Move your bishop, please. Yeah. You know? Like... <laughs> yeah. Let's go play shuffleboard. <laughs> now, I get... Okay, you're 61. You're not that old. I think we're overplaying that a little bit. But, dude, I'm 34. I've got fucking knee problems. <laughs> I've got a bad shoulder. <laughs> okay? Like... Add 30 years to that, and dude, trust me, I'm not going around fucking breaking cages and cars. I'm not going around snapping people's necks, okay? Well, I am going to have one of those push things with tennis balls on the bottom, (laughs) but I'm going to put it install a fucking Glock on the bottom of it. (laughs) Do you have any fig notons there, son? (laughs) Um, Do you make them with prunes? (laughs) So I thought the age thing, and they kind of showed his face a little bit. He looked kind of like an old guy. Like, it didn't, it wasn't that, that made it a little less scary for me i wish they didn't show that i wish if they did he had hair and made it a little more disheveled let's just say the only other person that could go around at age 61 or 72 and bash people's faces in djt donald trump no guy from teeter (laughs) hang-ups you know what i'm talking about the guy's in the best physical shape ever i'm roger teeter i'm over 72 and i feel great (laughs) (laughs) okay so I'm not going to be one of those guys that just throws problems out there with no solution. I have a solution to this. Okay. It's too late, unfortunately. Now, Danny McBride, listen to me. I think you could have tacked on another 100 mil to that box office take, okay? Ooh. What they should have done was basically backdated to 1990, 1995. Michael would have been like in his mid-30s. You know, look at me. I'm a strapping young man, despite the knee and shoulder problem. Right. I think I could go out and wreak havoc on people if i wanted to i think they should have done that i think they should have made it in like 1990 to 1995 michael's in his 30s they could have put makeup on jamie lee curtis to make her a little bit younger i like the inclusion of jamie lee curtis by the way i think that was good mm-hmm. make him younger make him it would have made him way more scary i think in my opinion you still could have used nick castle nick castle played the original michael myers in 1978 he played michael myers in 2018 you still could have done it you just don't show his face correct um, you done that, um, like I said, you add a little bit of that 90s flavor, a little bit of Harvey Danger, maybe some Sugar Ray to the soundtrack, <laughs> frost out Michael's tips a bit, and that uh, would have been so 90s. I think that would have made it better. 
that I think that would have made it more realistic, more scary. Uh, in terms of hell, throw Zach Morris into the mix. Yeah, maybe no. a little bit of AC Slater. <laughs> Lockers, the key to my plan. Now Kelly was assigned this locker, which means the one next to it will soon be mine. Hi, you're new here. I'm Zach Morris. And I'm Roger Rabbit. So what? Come on, what's your name? Slater. Well, Slater, too bad you got stuck with the bum locker. Hey, why don't you take mine? It's right next to the girl's bathroom. Unless it's in the girl's bathroom, forget it. I think that would have made it more interesting, personally. You know, and you could even have went to the lengths. If you're going to give an alternate thing for this movie, I could say you could just say that Jamie Lee Curtis was dead. If you wanted to go that old. Bring mm -hmm. in the daughter, the daughter that she's saying, oh, my mom taught me this this whole time. She, this is what she prepped for in her entire life. Yeah. It's made me go fucking crazy. A little you know, bit of T2, a little bit of Terminator 2 there where uh, John Connor and Sarah Connor trained him to be in this fucking hero. Yeah. Bah, bah. I mean, if you're going to be living in a household who's with Jamie Lee Curtis, who's fucking nuts that she was prepping for this entire time, her daughter even said, she, I mean, she made me shoot my gun while I was 12 years old. Well, yeah, thank she her. thought her mom was crazy, but yeah. Yeah, she should have been, thanks, mom. Exactly. Yeah. Do it in the chest, one of the head, be done with this. I know. I will, okay, so let's do this. We, we give our likes, we give our dislikes to the movie overall. I mean, you got to, what, what it got an idea? 7.4. 7.4. What do you think about the movie? I'd have to say that's pretty close. I'm going to give it like a 6.8 if we're going into okay. the decimals. Well, let's let's go um, the rating, uh, put it in horror movie rating. Because that's, horror movies are rated differently than comedies, dramas, action movies. Because they there's like a... a you can only watch them like a certain part of the year. You know what I mean? Let's put it in a horror movie rating. Compared to other horror movies, what would you give it out of 10? I'd still say a 6.8. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you think of a better horror movie? Ooh, putting me on the spot. You know, I don't know, actually. I mean, it depends on what you're going for. I like the old school movies, though. Like, uh, maybe that's just... Like Night of the Living Deads or the 80s Halloweens or... Yeah, any... Well, let's compare this to the original Halloween. Okay. What do you think is better? You know, I'll say I'll say the new one is better, just because I like the the violence and mm -hmm. it actually showing it, I guess. But I do like the original because it makes you think of it in your head and makes you come up with more of the your own imagination type of thing. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna leave stuff up like that for your, I, I like that Inception type thing where the end the spinny thing's still spinning. Do you know if it's gonna drop? Do you is it yeah, gonna drop? Yeah. Is it gonna stay spinning? Whatever. I like that aspect of it because. He kills a couple people off screen, and then you just see their body. It's just like, it makes you think about it. I got you. So it kind of makes you use your imagination in order to wonder how it happened. Yeah, complete I the understand. process. Yeah. So I'll say uh, the first one, I'll give a 6.5. This one's 6.8. Okay. I sort of agree and disagree with you on that. I, I'm going to put it in horror movie ratings, okay? I still think the original 1978 is better. Is better and even with and I'm not saying that like oh they only had a couple hundred thousand to work with and blah 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 you know with that in mind it makes it better no I'm not saying I think the production I think what made it better I think the one missing aspect to all of these movies since the first second fourth fifth and sixth one is the absence of uh, Donald Pleasance the guy that played Doctor Loomis made that movie dude. Him talking about Michael Myers and talking, we, we, we added some clips in the first part right. of the things he would say about him, and it's fucking eerie. I mean, this dude is like a um, a student of theater. I mean, he was an, a 
true British actor. The guy was amazing. And I think the, the new Doctor doesn't hold a candle to him. So I think the original's better. I think this is good. I was really angry last week. You saw how pissed off I was. Right. Um, so, but I, I thought it over a little bit. I'm going to go see it again before Halloween. Uh, try to give it another shot. I liked it. I think it's a really good horror movie. I think the first one is better. I think this comes in a close second compared to all the rest, though. Okay. So, so overall? Overall, uh, let's say the first one, I'll give a 7.8. And this one, I'll give a 7. Okay. Yeah, I'll give this one a 7. Now, be ready for a sequel. They're going to make a sequel to this. The uh, Danny McBride said they were open to doing so. It's already made $110 million. Even with... Uh, they didn't really advertise too much for it. I was watching Thursday Night Football or Monday Night Football or something, and they actually had an advertisement. I was very surprised by that. It's been more like on the internet, like Facebook and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, Which is far cheaper than using ABC, NBC, Fox, any of the, the big networks to advertise. So advertise... You know, they spent, let's say, $15 million on that. Say they doubled that with uh, promotion. So you got a total thirty to forty million. What? Uh, sorry, before you go any further, real quick, I just want to—you say that there's going to be a sequel. So, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie is prepping for forty years. Yeah. At the very end, we didn't discuss what happened, but I'll tell people here another mm-hmm. spoiler. He goes into the basement after these, after the family, and they get out because he gets shot. Correct. Yeah. So he falls down. They go up, she hits another one of those button things, and shing, like some freaking knives or pins come across, and he's stuck in the basement. He's stuck in the basement. He creates basically a cage in the basement where he cannot get up the stairs to get at them. And preppingly enough, she has open pipes that leak gas into the entire house. She lights a match or something, and everything starts on fire. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole house is going to cave down. How do you make a sequel out of that? Oh, she forgot to close the no. the storm thing in the back. Yeah, they'll find been... a way. There'll be a window. There'll be a grate. There'll be something. The old tornado entry. There'll be a sewer <laughs> right. cap that he picks up and he goes through. They'll figure out a way. Didn't they used to shovel coal Unless, in the basement? <laughs> like I said, you could drop a goddamn nuclear bomb on him and you'd figure out a way to bring him back. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... It was a pretty cool ending. I thought it was actually really cool. I, I like the twist they made on that. Um I thought it was really good. But I think they're going to make a... They'll figure out how to make a sequel. It's a moneymaker. I mean, right now, they've probably profited over $50 million. $50 million? And who do you think you kidnapped Chelsea Clinton? You got to understand, most movies lose money, okay? Right. Uh, this one has probably profited in the pocket of the studio over $50 million. Now, come, and this is... This, it's only been out a week. Um, so that's that's local box office when it goes international and think about this week leading up to Halloween. Yeah, worldwide. Worldwide. I mean, I think you could safely say it'll make 150 to 200 million, which is respectable. Respectable. Well, I'll just read. So what's reported on IMDb right now mm-hmm. for gross overall it says 90 million, oh, 91, and that's just US. Okay, I had 110 on a different source, oh, okay. so it might be more. 91 up-to-date. was opening weekend. I heard by the end of last weekend, from Thursday to Monday, mm-hmm. it had 91. That's okay. what I heard. Expect another sequel. This one is definitely worth watching, and I hope you guys do go out and watch it. By doing so, you're kind of keeping a 40-year tradition of great horror movies alive. You're kind of... Like, they remade the, the Friday the 13th in 2009, and it was horseshit. It was terrible. Yeah, I think I saw that. They remade Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street around the same time, um, and that was bad. 
you know, this is something that's going to live on. I think the character's better than the other ones. So now this is called Two Cops and a Donut. We're not movie critique, you know, critics. We're not Siskel and Ebert over here. No. So this is just a very special episode we did because I love the Halloween movies. I'm trying to get Dirk into them as well. <laughs> he watched the first one, said he really enjoyed it, and he liked this one. So hopefully, uh, I think in the future, maybe it'll be a tradition. Yeah, for sure. So in before we go i want to do at the very end of this episode tell a story of our halloween like stuff cop related that we've dealt with because we've all worked halloween night so that's right we said we were going to talk about a very spooky call of the week uh dirk has one and i have one yeah so we'll give you two here in just a second now for this episode's call of the week we have two coming at you. The first one is Teddy's. So the call of the week for Teddy. Three 15 hours reporting party calls stating that she has been receiving threatening text messages. RP states that she is involved in cult activities and dealing with dark forces. So on this what night, <clears throat> I was riding two men with another officer. We read that and we're like, bullshit like not happening this lady's full of it <laughs> code nine yeah it's just mental health issues or something uh, the address listed to a very nice neighborhood considering the town the city we work in decent neighborhood right okay so we get there uh, the lady opens the door house is pristine it almost reminded me of the house from uh, edward scissorhands with the lady that would play the organ <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i was like but it was it was creepy it was pristine but creepy uh we get in there and she starts showing me these text messages. They were very inappropriate. They were showing phalluses and saying, I'm coming to kill you. I'm coming to do this. It was coming from an unknown number. So I got the phone number and she said, I think it's someone that ran the cult that we're involved in. Okay. And I said, like, cult? She's like, well, we do witchcraft. We do this. She's like, we, we deal with very dark forces. And it took everything in my power not to just, like, start bursting out laughing when she said that. <laughs> As we're talking to her, my partner and I, the text messages keep rolling in. Mm -hmm. So I go outside. I try calling the lady she thinks it is. The lady doesn't answer the phone. And, you know, this is 3.30 in the morning. So it's just like kind of trying to get this call moving, get it going along. As we're there, the person text message, text as I'm like watching it, like update, like minute by minute, says the police are at your house. Okay. So I was like, yeah, she could be guessing. You know what I mean? Whoever it is could be guessing. She said it could have been anyone. She's like, they said they, they were like sacrificing animals and they were doing like all sorts of creepy shit. And this is from an unknown number, right? Unknown number. Yeah. Um, she said it was linked to the cult that she was involved in. So I was like, okay, could be a coincidence. <laughs> After receiving a bunch of text messages, only natural that someone will call the police, right? Correct. So they could have been guessing. So they said, yeah, we know the cops are at your house. So I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to start doing a perimeter search, check the backyard, check maybe some adjacent homes, see if there's anyone just walking around. I go in the backyard with my flashlight. I start checking. <laughs> right at that moment, updates on her phone. The police are in your backyard. The fucking hair stood up on the back of my neck because there's nothing more creepy than someone watching you yeah, as you're doing something. Can't see where they are or know where they are yeah i mean i almost part of me just almost wanted to like throw my duty belt off and just <laughs> take a dump in the middle of the yard and see if they'd be like uh that cop is uh uh so dropping a deuce in dropping a deuce in the back of your yard i got really creeped out you know your thing is like a green beret is like 
you're not supposed to let fear over. T- you're you're gonna get scared of things that happen, but you're not supposed to let it paralyze you or take over, right? Mm-hmm. So I got in like Green Beret mode, and uh, I told my partner, I said, "Hey, I'm grabbing my rifle, I'm taking the car, and I'm going up." There was a hospital in a hospital parking garage, maybe 300 yards away. So my thought was, and you could see perfectly into the neighborhood, all the roads coming in. So my thought was, I'm going to go up to the parking garage with my rifle and start sighting in and seeing if I can see anyone that's just like skulking around or any suspicious cars. At that time, I called in Talbot. <laughs> said, hey, Talbot, come to our location. So I'm up there on the uh, top of the parking garage watching for people. I couldn't see anyone. I couldn't see anyone walking around anyone in cars. So I was like, how do they know we're there? Right. You see, this was kind of the more humorous part of it. Uh, Talbot is in the neighborhood driving around. Any goddamn car he saw, he would <laughs> nearly get into an accident with them, pulling him over. And he's like, out of the car. <laughs> and uh, questioning these people who were just like going to work at the hospital or whatever. So I, I stood up there in an aerial position, just checking the neighborhood for a solid 20 minutes while my partner was in the house questioning him. The text messages kept coming. Fortunately, they didn't know I was up there. Uh, we never figured it out. Hmm. To this day, we don't know. Uh, they were watching us. I mean, it's creepy. It's more of a creepy one. I've, we've never had anything like a serial killer loose in the, the city, but that was that was probably one of the ones that made the hair stand up in the back of my neck. Like Almost like they could have gotten the drop on me if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, you, you're getting an update. The person, or the person texting doesn't know that you have the phone. And I thought they might have been in the garage. I checked the garage, too, because that's the perfect vantage point to that backyard to those streets to see our police car and everything and I, I couldn't find anyone in the garage i mean it was that was spooky that one stood with me for a while yeah that's yeah that was creepy i and i was working up north and i remember reading the call notes saying, yeah you were on that night yeah yeah and i don't know how it appeared to someone that wasn't there or on the call well i thought like you know you're thinking in your head a classic like ambush almost because you're like oh someone's they're telling the text messages that are coming in and you're on the radio you know saying hey they know we're here all this so it's right like, and then you add the supernatural aspect of cultish witchcraft and all that stuff it just adds a layer of spooky weirdness yeah weirdness to it you know in all reality it was probably a 110 pound soaking wet dude with like a man bun and a beard and you know, in his mom's basement. So I'm a cult leader. Uh, but we never figured, and that was another spooky thing. We never figured out who it was or why they were doing what they were doing. And it all kind of just went away. I think the lady said she was selling her house and moving. And oh, I think wow. she did. Yeah. I mean, if you get involved in stuff like that with weirdos like that, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, who knows what they're going to do. I mean, if they believe in this sort of thing and cult stuff, they'll do anything. I mean, I guess. Yeah. So that's my spooky call of the week for this Halloween. Hopefully it tickles your horror fancy. <laughs> so, Dirk, what do you have? So I'm going to take us back a few years, going to November 2016, or excuse me, October 2016, uh, Halloween. And do you have the call notes for that one? I don't, okay. but I remember specifically, so I was working, and we had like a string of calls and it was through like a three to four day period Uh which throughout my work week and my last i think it was my in the middle of the work week was halloween i remember we kept getting calls in my area the area that i was working that people were wearing clown masks and like running around like chasing people scaring them like just doing like random stuff it was in a like kind of focused in a certain area i remember the sergeant that was working was like hey 
you know, when you're not doing anything, go in this area and try to find these masked people that are scaring everybody. They weren't, like, creating crime. It was just they were actually literally scaring the living shit out of people. Well, imagine people in clown masks running around. Like, right. And imagine any of you people out there that think being a cop is easy. If you see fucking clowns running around <laughs> trying to scare people, like, we're the ones that have to deal with that shit. Right. So, I'm sorry. Continue. It was the last night, I think just, like, Halloween, like, 2.30 in the morning. Like, all the kids are in bed. Tummy aches from eating all the Reese's peanut butter cups. And one too many sweet tarts. <laughs> and I get a call for in this uh, neighborhood. It's a decent neighborhood. And this guy says he doesn't want to get out of his car because there's someone watching him. Ooh. And that person is wearing a clown mask sitting in a car across the parking lot. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going through your mind that someone's in a clown mask. They're sitting in a car just watching this other person and as soon as he gets out they're gonna like chase after him right so i'm gonna try to get the drop on this clown guy mm-hmm. and i assume they gave you make and model of the car and stuff like that so you know what you were looking for gave me make and model no plate because it was too far away he said he couldn't really get a good description of the clothing because it was dark and all that stuff so i parked down a couple blocks away and was walking in on the, like the backside, mm-hmm. and I see the guy sitting in his car on his phone. I told dispatch to have him get out of the car because I was hoping this guy would, you know, if the would clown follow him or run after would him. Flow, yeah, okay. follow him or whatever. But he got out, started walking, and went into his apartment. Nothing happened. I see the car, mm-hmm. and I see, like, all I see is a dark shadow figure in the passenger seat, like, type looking thing. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, does this person just fall asleep or Dude, something? you got me in the edge of my seat. I yeah. want to know. So I come up, and there's only one angle to the car, and I have to go straight on. Yeah, so you, you can't, like, flank it or do your... You can't go around right, the back. There's a back wall. There's It's, like, parked in a spot to where I couldn't... The only place I could go was straight forward. Mm-hmm. I shine my freaking thousand-lumen flashlight in there, and there's a clown mask. Boom, lights it up in the passenger seat, but there's no one in there. And I was like, what the... What was f-? it on, like, the headrest thing? It was wrapped around the headrest. There was no one in there. Uh-huh. It was just... I'm assuming, I mean, maybe it was the same people that were scaring people, but it was, it was just a clown mask that someone had put on the seat, you know? They covered. recently sent an email out at work. Uh, we've caught people doing that this year. Yeah, it's like a tradition. Or it is. Like, I th- and I think there's actually a municipal statute in our city saying you can't do that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got to look that up, actually, because if I see that shit on Halloween, I'm going to be taking some dudes down. Because during, the, like, you see that, and what's someone's reason for doing that? It's it's in some way to harass people, right? You're yeah. You're doing it to scare people. I think it's all in good fun. But well, some you people did are, it on Halloween with your Michael Myers mask at my Halloween party. Which is posted on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook, and that scared the ever-living shit out of people. Right. Uh, but I didn't run after him or anything. No. <laughs> That's a good way to get shot. No, uh, freaking Teddy was just, we were out in the backyard having a little campfire, and all of a sudden Teddy disappears, and then I look up on my second story window, and he's pulling the screen up, and he's just standing there in the dark. There's a red light behind me. <laughs> Creeping the yeah. crap out of us. I was really nervous that I'd run into law enforcement that night in that mask. <laughs> Be like, I'm a cop, I'm a cop. Yeah. So, that's fucking spooky i'm glad it wasn't a dude because i mean if, if i ever came across that situation and there was a guy with a clown mask on job be damned i'd be gun pointing him and, and telling him to get out of the fucking car yeah because that's 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 creepy that's there's some we'll say malintent behind that wouldn't you say yeah interesting well we've had a lot of it this year so far i know that we've uh, arrested actually the last one it was funny there was a uh, they had pictures 
of a guy running around with a clown mask on and it was circulating through the police department and it happened over near middle school the principal tackled the guy nice and it ended up being a kid <laughs> yeah and they put an end to that real quick so hopefully we don't get any more of that yeah it's just a it's a kind of a weird thing i don't know if anybody has that in their area that they're listening to this podcast in but uh email us we'd like to share yeah email uh, us on that um i know there was uh, i believe south carolina Mm-hmm. There were, or it was one of the Carolinas a couple of years ago I think it was like 2012, 2013 there was a big thing like you'd see clowns in the forest yeah like off highways Jeez. check the internet there's tons of pictures and the police put an end to that really quick because people were freaking out dude yeah like imagine you're just driving on the highway and you look into the woods as you're driving by and you see a clown holding fucking balloons <laughs> right Jesus Christ <laughs> so yeah, just you'll see some creepy surveillance footage of clowns walking up to people's houses and looking in and like, like at their windows and they're looking up to the surveillance camera and walking away. But that's one thing that I you see all the videos on YouTube, you see the videos on Facebook of people like actually physically they'll have a fake you know knife or something and mm-hmm. a, a prop head and they'll chase someone down. I want to see the videos of you know someone pulling out their CPL concealed pistol and just freaking. <laughs> You know, there's got to be an you'd be, instance. You'd be legally justified. If you were a person and someone's chasing with a fake knife with a fucking head, a yeah. severed head, you know, even if it's fake. I mean, if you felt you were in danger and it was real, you got to protect yourself. Dude, I mean, they come out of, they're walking underneath the, this little bridge or something, the perfect setup, and someone has to have a gun, man. There's a lot of people that have guns out there. Yeah. Why aren't these people getting shot? Don't do that <laughs> shit in Texas or Arizona, man. <laughs> I mean, you're fucking born with a goddamn gun in your hand, so <laughs> I wouldn't do it there. So, Dirk, let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah. We got more than two hours for you guys this, on this episode, this Halloween special. So, to all of you out there, thank you for listening. Keep those listens coming. They're actually starting to rack up. It's really good. Yes. And to all of you that are listening, go to www.bonescoffee.com and pick yourself up a bag of Frankenbones while you can and get any of their other delicious coffees. And use the code... Donut 10. Donut 10. D-O-N-U-T-1-0. Yes. And get that 10% off. And we are going to be taking, like we said before, after the release this episode, we'll be gone until like November 15th-ish. So, sorry, but you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for another one. So, we're going to be thinking about this. And (laughs) if if you want to chime in on this, send us an email. We're going to the Dominican Republic for about two weeks, okay? I need a little R&R. <laughs> Get a little stressed out at work. We're thinking of doing an on-location. We can actually record it from our phones. Doing an impromptu on-location DR podcast. podcast episode. I don't think it'd be any more than us just drunkenly rambling into a goddamn microphone. <laughs> but if you want it, send us an email. Let us know what you think about that. We'd like to release something. We don't. I'm coming to realize that people don't like one week of silence. They're actually really upset with us about that. Yeah. So maybe we can do a little poll or something. Yeah. And you guys can respond. Send to us it. some emails. We're actually getting more emails, which is good. Send us some emails with your thoughts on that, and maybe we'll release a special DR dish. There you go. All right. Two so. cops and a donut. That's T W L. And Facebook, Instagram, or Gmail. Yeah. Two cops and a donut at gmail.com. Send us an email. And that's all for us this week on this very special Halloween dish. Dirk? Aim for the bushes.